0: God bless you. Welcome into the study today. We're going to be finishing up the book of Hosea. Hosea meaning God's salvation. And in these closing chapters, we're going to see the full plan of that salvation that God has for his people who have slidden away and gone the way of the world, but how he intends on being able to bring them back that they might have eternal life. We're going to be Picking it up in chapter 12, verse 7. So with clarity and understanding, we ask from our Father in Jesus' name. Let's get right into it. Chapter 12, verse 7. He is a merchant. The balances of deceit are in his hand, and he loveth to oppress. Now, this merchant, you can think back to Ezekiel chapter 27. We're going to turn over there right quick. Ezekiel 27 and verse 1. And it says, The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Now, thou son of man, take up a lamentation for Tyrus. Now, this Tyrus, it means a rock, the small r. You know, not the rock, but a rock, that false rock. Verse 2, Now, thou son of man, take up a lamentation for We got that. And say unto Tyrus, O thou that art situate, At the entry of the sea, which art a merchant of the people of many isles, thus saith the Lord God, O Tyrus, thou hast said, I am of perfect beauty. That should trigger you. That should take your mind to Ezekiel chapter 28. And verse 15, where God said, Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. Talking about Satan. So what this merchant is, is Satan. It is that Antichrist. All right, flipping back over to Hosea in verse 8, chapter 12, verse 8. And Ephraim said, Yet I am become rich. I have found me out substance. In all my labors they shall find none iniquity in me that were sin." So he's saying, I've built all this, and I've done all that. I mean, what? how could I have done bad? Look at everything that I've got. Verse 9, and I that am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt will yet make thee to dwell in tabernacles, as in the day of the solemn feast, that being Sukkoth or the Feast of Tabernacles. Verse 10, I have also spoken by the prophets, and I have multiplied visions and new similitudes, by the ministry of the prophets. Is there iniquity in Gilead? Surely they are vanity. They sacrifice bullocks in Gilgal. Yea, their altars are as heaps in the furrows of the fields. So what he's saying is, they're doing all this stuff that really looks, you know, it looks pretty righteous, looks pretty religious. But it's really not. It's, it, it don't amount to anything. It's just a heap out there. No matter how good it looks, no matter how holy a building looks, it's still just a building. It's not God's building. It's just a building. Verse 12, and Jacob fled into the country of Syria, and Israel served for a wife, and for a wife he kept sheep. This is a little history lesson, this Genesis chapter 29 and 30, where After Jacob had got the birthright, which was rightfully his, a bunch of, you know, most everybody says, oh, he was deceitful, his mom, you know, they planned against Esau. Esau sold his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of pottage and then was going to come back and claim that birthright when it was rightfully Jacob's. So anyway, after that whole deal went down, Esau was mad at him. He was wanting to whoop him pretty bad. And so Jacob run off, went with his uncle, uncle, and that's where he fell in love with uh, Rachel. Well, Laban kind of messed around, and he served for a while, and instead of Laban giving him Rachel for his wife, he gave him Leah, and then he served another time, keeping sheep and everything, and then that's whenever he got, whenever Rachel was given to him as wife. All right, verse 13. And by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved. Who is that prophet? That's Moses. Verse 14. Ephraim provoked him to anger most bitterly. Therefore, shall he leave his blood upon him, and his, repro- his reproach shall his Lord return unto him. Now, this is talking about 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 6. And what we're looking at there is, we're just going to turn over there right quick. 2 Kings chapter 17. Pages are sticking together. Verse 6. In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away into Assyria and placed them in Halah and in Arbor, by the river of Gozan, and in the city of the Medes. So that's whenever he got all mad, God, God had had enough. And he said, that's fine. You want to keep on playing the harlot. You want to keep on worshiping your little false gods. Keep on wor- uh, sacrificing bullocks out here to nothing. That's cool. I'm going to let the Syrian take you. Now keep in mind spiritually, this Syrian is the Antichrist. This will happen again. See, God teaches in repetition what there's what is it? There's nothing new under the sun. What comes around goes around. And we're kind of starting to see in a spiritual sense this exact same thing, we're really not kind of seeing. We're seeing this exact same thing happen in a spiritual sense. All right, chapter 13, verse 1. When Ephraim spake trembling, he exalted himself in Israel. Now, this is whenever he spake authoritatively, as in when Joshua took command and he stood up and told everybody, hey, we're we're going to take over Jericho. We're going in. We're doing this. But when he offended in Baal, he died. And now they sin more and more and have made them molten images of their silver and idols according to their own understanding. All of it, the work of the craftsmen. They say unto them, let the men that sacrifice kiss the calves. Now this kiss the calves, this is kind of a, a outdated saying. Basically, kissing was a fundamental in all the idolatry practices. It was kind of like saying uh basically the the sacred lip or whatever, a pure mouth. And so if you kissed the sacri- you know, kissed a uh the calf, this golden calf that they made, it was like, you know, you were getting purity or whatever from them. From this thing that you just made. Verse three. Therefore they shall, they shall be as the morning cloud and as the early dew that passeth away, as the chaff that is driven with the whirlwind out of the floor and as the smoke out of the chimney. All of these things are here just for a short time. The morning cloud, as soon as the sun comes up, it's gone. That chaff that has been beaten out on the threshing floor, you just got the little grain, as soon as a little wind comes, it blows it right out the window. It's there and it's gone verse 4 Yet I am the Lord thy God for the land of Egypt or from the land of Egypt and thou shalt know no god but me for there is no savior beside me That's all he wants Remember all the way back to chapter 6 of this book in verse 6 God wants your sacri- he wants your mercy not your sacrifice And he wants you to know the truth over burnt offerings. Verse 5 I did know thee in the wilderness, in the land of great drought. According to their pasture, so were they filled. They were filled, and their heart was exalted. Therefore had they forgotten me. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, it's titled The Song of Moses, in the last verse of 31. And God has a nickname for Israel. It's Jeshurun. And basically what Jeshurun means is built up and dumb and happy. Or everything's going right for them and they forget about God. They just they just get overly happy. They say, look at what I've done. And they turn dumb. And then eventually, as we see through the Kings and Chronicles and, and the historical books, they'd get fat, dumb, and happy. And then an enemy would come against them. They'd whoop up on them a little bit. And then they'd turn back to God. And that's kind of what he's saying here. Look, I tended to you. You were in the wilderness. And I took care of you. And then you forgot me. That's fine. The Syrian's going to get you. Verse 7. Therefore, I will be unto them as a lion. As a leopard, by the way, will I observe them. I will meet them as a bear that is bereaved of her whelps, and I will rend the call of their heart, and there will I devour them like a lion. The wild beast shall tear them. A lot of people get kind of, you know, disheartened by this, get a little scared of this. So think about it this way. Christ is the Lion of Judah. And whenever he comes in, you know, he he's got that consuming fire. Whenever he shows up, He's going to have that all-consuming fire. And the thing is, if you are with him, that fire is just comforting. It's his spirit. If you're against him, it probably don't feel too good. Same with this line. If you're with him, if you're with Christ, if you know these truths, if you hadn't been out you know, gallivanting around with false idols and all such things, you're okay. You'll be able to fight with this lion, with this bear. It won't be coming at you. Verse 9. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. I will be thy king. Where is any other that may save thee in all thy cities? And thy judges of whom thou saidest, give me a king and princes"? See, that's all God wanted in the beginning. Whenever, whenever Moses came out of Egypt, God said, I'll be the king. All the way up into Samuel. And the people were so dead set on having a man king. And God told them, if you have a man king, all he's going to do is increase his profits and increase his armies. He's going he's to put your young men to death in the army for his gain. Whereas God was righteous, he wouldn't do that. But they wanted it so bad that God said, fine, you want it? You got it. They gave him, And he gave them Saul. Saul started off good and then went right to what God said would happen, right to chasing his own stuff. Verse 11, I gave thee a king in my anger and took him away in my wrath. The iniquity of Ephraim is bound up, his sin is hid. Is bound up, his sin is hid. <clears throat> so, basically, it, that, that hid, instead of being hid, should be reserved, right? So, you can't hide anything from God. Verse 13, The sorrows of a travailing woman shall come upon thee. He is an unwise son, for he should not stay long in the place of the breaking forth of children. Okay, put this to a future sense. The the travailing woman, right? The birth pains. Those sorrows that are coming. And so an unwise son, what does that mean? It means they can't tell what's happening around. They can't tell that this new age is about to be born. This seventh Trump is about to happen. And they're just lollygagging around. Verse 14. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. No grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from my eyes. That should kind of spark your mind to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 54 and 55, where Paul pretty well quoted this exact same thing. Verse 15, though he be fruitful among his brethren, an east wind shall come. The wind of the Lord shall come up from the wilderness and his spring shall become dry and his fountain shall be dried up. He shall spoil the treasure of all pleasant vessels. So again, all this monetary gain and, and there's nothing wrong with you know, having money. There's nothing wrong with it. If it's God's blessings, That's fantastic. You know, a lot of people put this guilt trip on you. Well, you know, Christians are supposed to give everything away and they're not supposed to have anything. Well, how can you bless somebody if you don't have anything? I mean, you look at David and Solomon and those that followed God, Abraham, they were very wealthy. I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel here, but... If it's God's blessings and 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 it's not just a you walk around with your hand out and he will throw finances or anything at you. You got to work for it. You got to get out there and, you know, it's the sweat of your brow and go to it. But what he's saying here is if that's all you think about, you're not helping anybody. Is it? But but here you are, you know, you you've done good in the world. All that's going to be gone. As Solomon would say in ecclesiastes it's vanity of vanities it's nothingness it don't matter verse 16 samaria shall be desolate for she hath rebelled against her god they shall fall by the sword their infants shall be dashed in pieces and their women with child shall be ripped up now think of this spiritually And matter of fact, in the book of 2nd Esdras, in the Apocrypha, it states that children, at the 7th trump, a child will be as a grown man, and those who are in the womb will be dancing as men. Meaning that we're all the same age, we're all created at the same time in our spiritual bodies. Our souls and our spirits were created at the same time. We just happen to come into this flesh world at different stages throughout it. So we're the same age as Adam and Eve, spiritually. But our flesh is just at a different time. Verse four, uh, Chapter 14, verse 1. O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you words and turn to the Lord, saying to him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves of our lips. What is this calves of our lips? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. And Paul says, oh, one more page. Paul says, by him... Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. That's what the, the render, the calf of our lips. Give praise to God. That's that, that sacrifice, that sacrificial praise that you're giving. Verse 3, Asher shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses neither will we say any more to the work of our hands. Ye are our gods, for in thee the fatherless findeth mercy, in thee being in God. I will heal their backsliding, and I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. I will be as the dew unto Israel, and he shall grow as the lily, And cast forth his roots in Lebanon. His branches shall spread, and his beauty shall be as the olive tree, and his smell as Lebanon. So, what he's saying here is if you reach out to me, all this, all these 13 chapters that we've read, that they've gone out messing around with idolatry, just basically run god through the mud worship calves worship rocks worship tree worship everything but god he said all you got to do is just turn to me and say hey we messed up sorry you know we see now Can, can you take this off us and he's saying yeah i'll heal you you're good come to me and start growing Verse seven, they that dwell under his shadow shall return and they shall revive as the corn and grow as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, what have I to do any more with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fir tree. Now, this I am like is... If you notice that I am. In most Bibles, it is uh, italicized there, and that's what it is. Is in the Hebrew, I am is that sacred name of God. Because whenever God sent Moses to Pharaoh, Moses said, "Who should I? Who should I say sent me?" And he said, "Tell him I am, Eya." Continuing on. From me is thy fruit found. And last verse. Who is wise, and he shall understand these things. Prudent, and he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them. But the transgressors shall fall therein. It's like that that chief cornerstone that became the stumbling block, right? Christ is our cornerstone. And... We build our foundation upon him, but to those who won't accept that, he's a stumbling block because he'll pull the rug out from under him. He'll trip them up, make him, you know, whenever you face plant a few times, you start learning to watch your feet, make sure you got a steady foundation down there because uh, you get a little tired of getting that old road rash on your face. So the book of Hosea, you see there at the end, all of that to say, this is my plan for salvation. Just turn to me. Just look for me. Throw out all these foolish things, and I'll be here for you. I hope you enjoyed this book. We will be continuing on in the next study. God bless y'all. Have a good day. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions that you'd like answered on the podcast, you can write to us at Humans Under Grace, P.O. Box 1467, Tatum, Texas 75691, or you can email us at questions at humansundergrace.com. Thank you, and God bless you.